You're listening to Kingdom Focus, where we believe your fate follows your focus. I'm your host, Christy Gutierrez, and my prayer is that this podcast will guide you in allowing God to rewire your brain to start living with kingdom focus and intention in all areas of your life. We'll get real, we'll get raw, but I want you to feel connected and challenged. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, y'all. Okay, so I have been a bit MIA, and I apologize for that. Um, we are just getting ready for this baby to get here who is due in two weeks. Um, but I really need to do a podcast and I have some things that I've been wanting to talk about and I just haven't gotten around to it. So today I want to talk about healing, but more so than just healing, I don't want you to think of just physical healing. Um, I want to expand to mental, emotional, spiritual healing, and really just any requests that we have that we want to bring before God. There's a story in Mark about a woman who has a 12-year ailment, and I feel like her story often gets overlooked by the story that follows, which is when Jesus restores life to a little girl. So we're going to talk about that woman today, and I'm going to start by reading the story just to give you guys some background before we dive in. So this is Mark 5, starting at verse 21. When Jesus went back across to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. A leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, came and fell down before him, pleading with him to heal his little daughter. She is about to die, he said in desperation. Please come and place your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and the crowd thronged behind. And there was a woman in the crowd who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors through the years and had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she was worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched the fringe of his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his clothing, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel that she had been healed. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, all this crowd is pressing on around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You have been healed. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from Jairus' home with the message, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Okay, so as soon as Jesus arrives to the shore... There is a man there who is begging him to come and save his daughter. She's on the verge of death. And so this huge crowd is following them. And there's this woman. This woman has been suffering this 12-year hemorrhage. She's given all of her money, all of her effort, and all of her hope to doctors who were supposed to help her. But instead of helping, they just made it worse. In her eyes, she has little hope. She's in a dark place. And then Jesus comes. 
And she has so much faith that if she could just touch the end of his robe, that she could be healed. She snuck up behind him, I think for two reasons. One reason is that when women were bleeding like this, they were deemed unclean. And anybody they touched was also deemed unclean. And so I think that she felt that she had a need to kind of sneak behind him and touch him because although she knew that he could heal her, she didn't want to draw attention to the fact that she had touched him. But also, I don't think she wanted to be a bother. She didn't want to have to bug him for help when he was on his way to do this deed of literally saving somebody's life, a little girl's life. So... When she touches his robe, she is immediately healed. Immediately. Twelve, can you imagine? You've been suffering, bleeding, or whatever issue it is that you have. Maybe you suffer from extreme anxiety. This woman suffered for 12 years. No doctor, no medicine, no procedure helped her. It made her worse. But the second that she touched Jesus, she was healed. Because she knew. She knew she was healed immediately. So I think maybe she thought, I'll let him go on his way. He has a time-crunching mission in front of him, literally life or death, that is more important than me. How often do we hold back from getting face-to-face with Jesus because we feel like he has something that is more important than me? But... This is the part that I love. Jesus felt the healing power leave his person. And he could have easily thought, wow, I'm glad somebody found healing through me. And kept walking and kept on towards his mission. But that's not our God. That is a human response. I feel like sometimes when we inadvertently help people, we don't stop to meet them face-to-face, it's just, oh good, I'm glad they got some help, and then we move on passively. But our God is not a passive God. He stopped, turned around, and asked who touched his clothes. And if you think that he doesn't know who touched his clothes already, then you are so mistaken. He didn't ask who touched his clothes because he wanted to know who touched him. He already knew. That was not his point. And despite the fact that his friends telling him, how is there any way, like everyone's touching your clothes, essentially. This crowd is pressing in on you. How can you even ask that question when everyone is touching you? Um, And this just came to me. It's really easy for everyone to touch Jesus. But unless you're touching him with the faith and the intention that this woman had of being healed, his healing power won't leave. You have to go to him with confidence and faith that he can fix your situation or his healing power won't leave his body. All these other people were touching him too, but they weren't getting, they weren't getting healed. They weren't getting benefit from touching him the way that this woman got a benefit from touching him. So despite the fact that his friends were telling him that he was crazy for even asking this question, Jesus pressed on. So this woman who had just gotten healed was terrified and came and she fell at his feet. And she told him, 
it it was me. I I touched you. And he wanted her to admit that she was the one, not so that he could punish her or tell her that she was unclean, don't touch me, or to just know who it was. He wanted her to admit to him that it was her so that he could look her in the face, meet her face to face in a most personal way and tell her that her faith has made her well and to go in peace. It wasn't enough for him just to allow her to be healed. He wanted to confirm on her, because of your faith in me, that's why you're, that is why you're healed. And now you can go in peace. You can go in peace. 12 years of people who looked at her like she was dirty. I mean, can you imagine this hemorrhage had made her unclean in the eyes of all society. No one wanted to talk to her. No one wanted to go near her. God forbid anyone touch her or else they become unclean too. 12 years of this. I couldn't imagine 12 minutes, 12 days of this. And now here's Jesus. He had just healed me. And instead of just marching on his way, he turned around to greet me face to face and tell me that I can go in peace. That is grace. I wonder how many of us are struggling with an ailment that no doctor, no medicine has been able to heal. And we think, one, Jesus has bigger issues to deal with. Or two, I know he can heal me, but he doesn't have time for me. I want to encourage you today that Jesus wants to meet you face to face. Even in the midst of all these other problems that seem bigger, he still wants to meet with you personally. And our God can do that. He can, he can meet all of these needs because nothing is too big for him. So at the end of that story, it says that the messengers came from Jairus' home and said that your daughter is dead. There's no use in troubling the teacher now. If I was that woman, I might be tempted to think, wow, if he had not stopped and helped me, that little girl would live. But that's limiting God. And God can't be limited. So Jesus ignored the comments of the messengers and told Jairus, don't be afraid, just trust me. And I'm not going to go into the rest of that. But once he got to the home, he raised the little girl from being dead and gave life back to her. So y'all, there's seriously nothing too big for our God. You should never feel guilt or shame when God comes to meet you face to face so I want to talk about maybe where you're at through a couple of different scenarios in Luke. So the first one is if God has already healed you. Um, and y'all, please remember, I'm not talking about physical healing alone. This can be physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. There are an infinite <laughs> amount of issues that we have as humans, and we should be bringing all of them to God. So the examples that I'm going to give, some of them are physical, but this can be applied to any area of your life where you need healing, where you need Jesus to come and meet you face to face. And so this is a story from Luke 17, where Jesus heals 10 men with leprosy, starting in verse 11. So Luke 17, 11, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border towards Galilee and Samaria. 
As he entered the village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. Okay, so stop right there. When someone had leprosy, they had to go and show themselves to the priest, and the priest was the one who declared them clean or unclean. So Jesus is telling these men who still have leprosy to go and show themselves to the priests. He didn't heal them first and then say, okay, now go show yourselves to the priest. He said, go now and show yourselves to the priest while they still had leprosy. And so the next sentence says, and as they went, their leprosy disappeared. So had they sat there and said, well, you have to heal us first. We can't just go to, we can't just go to the priest. Like you have to heal us first. Then they weren't going on faith. They were going on, they needed evidence first. But sometimes Jesus wants us to step out and have a trust in him that is so strong that we act on what he says even before we get to see the evidence that it's going to work. So as they went, their leprosy disappeared. And then in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God, I'm healed. He fell face down on the ground at Jesus's feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. So this man was looked down upon by Jews as being a half-breed, essentially. And he was the only one of the ten that came back to Jesus and said, thank you. The first person that I want to talk about is, maybe Jesus has already healed you. I wonder if you've said thank you. Because I know for me, it's really easy to pray and pray and pray. And then when things happen, when my prayers get answered... It's this joyous feeling and this victorious feeling, but sometimes it's easy to forget who brought you the answer to your prayers and forget to say thank you. God doesn't require us to say thank you. As you can tell, the other nine still got healed. God didn't take back their healing because they didn't say thank you, but it is so incredibly important to tell Jesus thank you for the healing that he brings us and to give him the recognition. Because if we don't, then we might forget where it came from. The second person I want to talk about is if you haven't gotten your answer yet. Okay, so in Luke 18, Jesus tells a parable of the persistent widow. So I'm going to start in verse 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who was a godless man with great contempt for everyone. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, appealing for justice against someone who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she wore him out. I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Talk about persistence. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this evil judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who plead with him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. 
So if God hasn't answered your your prayer yet for whatever you need in your life, don't stop praying. Keep praying because one, he hears you. Two, persistence proves to be the best way to get what we are asking for. Not because God needs us to ask him a bunch of times. If you're getting a delay in your in your prayer, it's oftentimes for our own good. God's trying to show us something, something that we need to change. And as we persist, we're also growing in our character. We're growing in our faith and we're growing in our hope. So I just want to encourage you today, whether you have received healing, um, I encourage you to give credit where credit is due and thank God that he brought that to you. And if you are still praying, don't give up. So I'm going to close in prayer. Jesus, thank you so much that you saw this woman with this 12-year ailment. Thank you that not only did you heal her, but you wanted to meet her face to face. It wasn't enough just to know that you healed somebody. You wanted to meet her face to face and tell her that she can go in peace now. And I pray that you meet all of the listeners of this podcast in that same manner that you did with that woman. So whatever healing they need in their life, whatever requests that they have presented before you, whether they need physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, whether they need help with their marriage or their finances or their job, Lord, I pray that you would meet them face to face. And I pray that they would be bold in approaching you not thinking that you have more important things to do, but knowing in their heart that they are important enough to you and that nothing is too big for you to tackle. I pray that if you have already given them healing, that they will be convicted in their heart to give you thanks. And I also pray that if you haven't yet answered their prayers, I pray for persistence, growth in the waiting for all of those people who are still waiting to hear from you. And I pray that you will answer them sooner rather than later. 